The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the power of water and water life science. We're into our 11th year. Uh, We've been all over the world with Voice America and uh, what we do with them. And it's just been exciting. I want to thank what they've been doing to help us contribute to uh, all of us and our team and all of our special guests from all over the world to make the emphasis and priority of water to be what life is on our planet Earth. And you stop and think about how we're all in this together. And you think about all that's happening globally and we're all in this together, it all began with one, one thing, water from the atmosphere. And as I've been educating you, and I'm going to keep pounding the pavement, without that evaporation of water that was around the planet first, and that be evaporated and brought the rain down, there would be no life. And as I've been educating you, we just went through World Water Day. And I, it's so exciting, World Water Day. Earth Day is coming on the 22nd of this month of April. But remember that there was no breath of life in the air, the atmosphere of water vapor. There would be no life. The water wouldn't be able to keep replenishing itself, evaporating to bring more water in the climate, the way it changes. And I have my outlook on that with my team, Worldwide We Study. The atmosphere is the most important, that water on the planet. It began with all of it at the beginning and where we're at today. And that you were forgotten. You, as a human life, were forgotten about the research of water in you, your body. You're a walking sponge. And as I've been educating you, not to forget it, and the scientists that I work with worldwide, we're not going to forget it ever again, that your body was in the water of your mother, forming an organism of living life to be. And once you arrived onto the planet and you began to live with the water vapor of the atmosphere, of the air, you were influenced immediately, no different than the whole planet is influenced by the surface water and the water atmosphere and what is happening. You begin immediately to evaporate water out of control at that moment almost to where you were like a sieve. 
No two eyes are alike. No two fingerprints are alike. You are uniquely different than anybody else. You even had a little different look. Have you ever watched yourself how interesting that is with the rest of the world? That you are that individual, uniquely doing something individually, no different than the leaf of the tree and all, and all life on earth, all the earth itself. You're evaporating. Water loss to death. Your health issues, evaporation of body water per organ. Your organs in the body have a certain percentage of water. Each organ has to supply certain health assistance to the other organ. It's all living, like scientists have been teaching us, with the electric rod of the water vapor of the atmosphere. We're a walking battery charged with that atmosphere every moment of the day. No different than Earth is. And as you look out your window and you see how Earth is evolving, and you can look at countries of the world of how they're living with the atmosphere, and then I go even farther as we've had on here scientists from NASA and other backgrounds, the Earth is living with the universe also. So the magic of all this, electric, we're the battery, Earth is the battery, being charged electrically with the water vapor of the atmosphere that began everything as the rain came down. This show is going to one day be able to have a magnitude of energy, water life science education, of the story to be told of what happened here and keep reminding all babies born in life of life that without the water, there is no life, and without the water, there's no atmosphere to breathe, and there's only one way to keep us alive water and the atmosphere to breathe. Once we learn that, with the research continuing forever, it can never quit. My research center, Biologic Aqua Research, will never quit. The legacy of my life is to make sure forever, ever, eternity, we are going to study the technology to improve this as Earth has its cycles, living with the universe. The education is vital. So you have the story of why, you have the research continuing nonstop with technology, and it has to be, by the way, I'm not going to leave that for a minute, technology is resources of knowledge to improve, to make things better, and live with the organism of this planet and all life. Then there's the education that should be never nonstop. The better education, I had a, I was asked to speak at a school one time, and they were a little afraid the kids might be bored. So I said, give me a mic for me and a mic for them, and I'm not standing on the stage. You could have heard a pinfall. The kids loved it. They even went on 15 minutes longer rather than normal, and the kids stood up and, and cheered because they had learned something about who they are, living with the planet Earth. As a life, it's such a miracle. 
And as you will learn today, we have a very exciting guest who's also dedicated to water and life on this planet. His name is Mike Marcus. He's the general manager of Orange County in Southern California, down in the San Diego, where Disneyland is at, too, Irvine. He's head of their county water district. We're going to learn more today about what California, Southern California is doing, working with the rest of the world, I've been told, on better water management, recycling, and the technology that I know will save this planet. Mike has got that background. We're going to listen to our sponsor first, Nature's Tears I Missed. As you all know, years ago, ophthalmology research came to me and said, did I, did I understand that and have I have studied the surface of the eye? And I said, no. And they said the surface of the eye is 99% water, and the eye drops are affecting it because eye drops were invented to trap and slow that evaporation down. So when we studied it, they asked me if I would launch a supplement to the atmosphere with a handheld portable device, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and it's with tissue culture-grade water. And yes, it's patented worldwide now. Going into China, we're looking forward to that because China does understand the atmosphere. One billion face masks are sold in China a year to be able to protect people from the problems of the atmosphere. Nature's Tears I Missed is the first supplementation for the technology of the future to carry with you and supplement the problems of the air and your eyes to be able to supplement it with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Mike Marcus. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Mike, are you with us? I am. Well, thank you, thank you uh, for joining us. I saw you interviewed not long ago. And I said to myself, if I can get this busy man on here, I would appreciate it. Let me tell, my, uh, tell the audience a little bit about your background. Sure. Uh, Mike is general manager of Orange County Water District uh, with more than 36 years of experience. So Mike, you know the word water. 
Mike is well known for his expertise in large project implementation and water resources management. In September 2007, he became the only, uh, the, only the sixth manager in the district's history. Mike works with and helps manage a technology to serve around 850,000 people in California. Mike currently serves on the board of directors of an American, the American Academy of Water Resource Engineers, the California Section of Water Reuse, and he is also a registered civil engineer in the state of California and has no end of degrees in the technology and engineering of water. Uh, Mike, thank you for joining us. And tell us a little bit about your background. When you were a young boy, where did you grow up, and did you ever think you'd be doing what you're doing today with the water resource of that area of Southern California? Okay, sure. I'd be happy to, Sharon. Uh, I actually was born in Hollywood, California, so I'm a native oh. Californian. Uh, grew up in the city of Whittier, m- moved to Orange County uh, when I was about 12 years old, and have lived there, lived here in Orange County pretty much ever since then. Oh. Uh, what was interesting, I, I, when I was young, I wanted to uh, wanted to fly, become a pilot. I got accepted to the Air Force Academy, but flunked the eye test. So uh, oh. I turned to I turned to engineering at that time. And uh, mm-hmm. studied civil engineering, uh, got a, a bachelor of science degree from Cal Poly Pomona, and a master of science uh, degree from uh, the University of Southern California. Uh, and, and I started out in the construction field uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, building water and wastewater treatment plants. And that's really, really oh, kind of mm-hmm. sparked my interest in, in mm-hmm. water. Uh, came mm-hmm. to work uh, here at the district in 1988, so I've been here for, for about 28 years, and mm-hmm. uh, started as a construction manager, building projects. Mm-hmm. And then eventually uh, I was appointed as the program manager uh, for the groundwater replenishment system, which is our recycle water plant, we'll, which I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about a little bit later. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. I was able to oversee the design of that project, uh, and then the construction, startup, commissioning, and the initial operation. Operation of, of the facility, and then in in late uh, 2007, my predecessor uh, uh, stepped down, and the board appointed me as the general manager. So I, I've mm-hmm. actually been the general manager, I think, as you indicated, uh, for nearly nine years now, and mm-hmm. uh, have overseen the uh, the expansion, as a matter of fact, of the groundwater replenishment system. So it's been a very very satisfying career that Quite I've a- had here, mostly at the district. Quite a hike, um, a trip. Um, did you ever imagine way back in time when you were studying engineering, uh-huh. what you did there in Southern California with recycling, did you ever have an uh, imagination to think, we've got to learn that this planet Earth's water is a priority to all infrastructure of life and, and health, and that you would become what you've done there with recycling water in, California, in Southern California? Absolutely no way. Uh, You know, I think that that came came with... uh uh, maturing, growing, growing into the position, learning more about water, uh, and, and it took it took quite a long time. And, and as a matter of fact, I've often said, Sharon, that that we as a water ed, uh, industry really don't do a very good job at educating the public as to where their no, water comes from. Right. Well, and, that's what and my that's show's what, about. <laughs> 
Right, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to educate the people more. Uh, we're starting with the youth. We have youth programs where we uh, we have a, a two-day children's festival that we just completed at the University of uh, California, Irvine, called the Children's Water Education Festival. Mm-hmm. And we had over 6,000 young children over a two-day period, uh, third, fourth, and fifth grade, uh, attend that festival and, and really having interactive-type displays and hands-on-type activities uh, mm-hmm. that the children could uh, uh, could perform. And, and we've actually found that the children are our best ambassadors. They go home, they exactly. tell their parents. They really educate their parents as to what's going on. Well, uh, we have, we, they, excuse me for interrupting. We radio no? talk show hosts had a horrible habit. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> interrupting. Um, but don't you dare say it. It probably goes with my personality, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that, Sharon. <laughs> anyway. Back to uh, the children and, and our, our infrastructure and, and what has happened and happened with the lack of education with water worldwide, worldwide. Yes. Nobody is uh, all by themselves guilty alone. That um, children have never understood from school education that without water, there's no life, and without water, your health is affected because... You probably heard my commentary. Mm-hmm. My world is studying your body, water, and its evaporation, living with the evaporation of water and the water of the atmosphere. I'm the only mm-hmm. person on the planet doing that. And the thing about it is, as you look at these children and you take them on a ride of what this is all about, and you could hear a pinfall if they know that all life on earth has to live, the body of your health, your brain, your eyes, like you probably heard me say, the surface of your eye, Mike, is 99% water. Mm-hmm. Did you ever know that? I did not. And here you're in this water business here. Sir. That's right. And that is right. And the body and its brain, its organs and everything. Okay. That body living with the evaporation like an electric, like a battery living with the electrolytic atmosphere, but earth in the water, resource of earth, and its life is depending upon all that too. These children need to hear that. I've gone to speaking engagements where it could be in front of hundreds of caregivers and kids and all walks of life on national television and so on. And they'll say, sure, we got more response after that show. It's because people have to realize what you're doing, Mike, is a technology. And the yeah. technology of the future of all life on this planet to live with the health of their body water because they're a walking sponge and they need to learn that with that walking sponge, you must have an infrastructure of priority of water has to be first before everything. Nothing right. should be second. Second. Now, mm-hmm. back in California uh, where you grew up, you knew way back in the 60s, the former Governor Brown put that canal through there. That's right. And they decided to do that, Mike, from what I've studied, so California wouldn't make any mistakes and be sure that they were able to prosper, have an economy, and take Mm -hmm. care of all species of life in California with the water resources that they could figure out with new technology and advancement. What you're doing there. Now, were you part of the infrastructure plan of the recycling 
of water in Orange County? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Educate our audience, which you, why did you, we know it's logic, but mm-hmm. how did that happen that somebody decided, I think we need to study this. How did you, how did that all happen? Well, uh, it actually happened in the early 90s. We were just coming out of a, a long drought, similar to the current day uh, situation. And uh, we decided that we needed some additional reliable supply for our groundwater uh, basin. So the Orange County Water District actually manages a groundwater basin in central and northern Orange County that provides 75% of the potable water to about 2.4 million people. So it's important for us not to overdraft that basin. So in order to do that, and by pumping water out, if you pump more out than you put in, you start overdrafting the basin. Uh, So we wanted to find a reliable supply, and that's how we turned to recycled water. Well, now I'm going to back you up for a minute now. You didn't invent recycling, so how did you guys think that out? How did you think that would be... Uh, an infrastructure and technology for Orange County. Where did you learn that from? Well, it's kind of interesting because actually back in the late 70s, we developed a facility on site here in Fountain Valley called Water Factory 21. And it was the first facility in the world that used reverse osmosis to treat wastewater. So we had a background with that Hmm. particular technology. And the reverse okay. osmosis really is what I consider the workhorse of the treatment process. Because well, you it, guys did it, invent it then. <laughs> well, I we haven't been giving you any credit down first, there, Mike. <laughs> yeah, we were one of the first, certainly, to, to utilize the technology. And at that time, the technology was in, in its infancy. Uh, mm-hmm. But what the reverse osmosis did was remove any dissolved minerals, viruses, and pharmaceuticals out of the water. So it was a, it was a very key aspect of the treatment technology. And then later on in the mid-90s, we started pilot testing microfiltration uh, and UV light uh, to provide uh, what's called an advanced oxidation process. And, and mm-hmm. we pilot tested those and saw how we could use those different technologies uh, in a certain sequence uh, in order to take wastewater and basically turn it into distilled water. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then we took that distilled water mm-hmm. and we put it back into the groundwater basin mm-hmm. so that we could continue to, uh, to uh, replenish the groundwater basin and allow us to continue pumping and using that as a source of potable water supply. Because the one thing people don't understand, Sharon, and you alluded to it with Governor Brown's project, Bringing Water to Southern California. In Southern California, we basically live in a desert. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. And we have, in order for the economic growth to occur, we had to bring water down into Southern California. So they did that Mm -hmm. through Governor Brown's state water project, which brings water from the north down to the south, and then also bringing Colorado River water into Southern California as well. Uh, so with, with those two supplies and then developing local supplies, we're able to maintain enough water for the, uh, the population here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, in Singapore, uh, did you teach them? I, for some reason, thought that the two of you were learning together down there but between them and, and you down there in Southern California, but obviously they came to you. Did they come to you to learn more? 
You know, it's it's funny you mention that because they did. Uh, as I mentioned in the <laughs> mid in the mid nineties, uh, we were you doing just the pilot opened that door for me because I was going to give them. I was giving them a lot of credit, Mike. To teach you well, that. they they should get all the credit in the world because they do a tremendous amount of recycling there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, but in the mid. They? In, in the mid-90s, when we were doing the pilot testing on the microfiltration, the reverse osmosis, and the UV light, they came over here, and we shared our results with them uh, that we did on the pilot testing. They then were able to take those results and immediately start implementing uh, projects in, in Singapore and develop those projects uh, a little bit quicker than us because they don't quite have the regulatory framework in Singapore that we have here in California. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to say something, Mike. I'm hoping we get a little more relaxed on that regulatory because you've got to have the open door to study and you've got to be able to go out and learn the technology that will teach the rest of the planet how to do this. And time is the essence. It's, it's, it's very important. And you probably heard me say, talk, uh, educate. The atmosphere is all affected by what you're doing with the groundwater. Mm-hmm. And that atmosphere is what keeps you alive. And we've had on here uh, Dr. Gerald Pollack from the University of Washington who found the fourth water in the body. Well, all of us are living on the planet with a dark matter. Have you ever studied the dark matter? I have not, no. Okay, well, the CERN group found... Out of Switzerland, there's a, there's a for a stage in the atmosphere called fourth, I mean, dark matter. And when I had them work, when I worked with them, I said, you know what? I bet that fourth matter is holding back the atmosphere to not be out of control with over evaporation. And they said that's right. Well, then Dr. Pollock said when they found a fourth water in the body, human life. And I said, I'll bet you, Jerry, that's what's keeping slowing down the body from over-evaporating. Interesting. Out of control. And he said, that's right. Mm -hmm. And Mike, with what you're doing, is going to be what the earth itself has to have. The, the, The organism of the planet, the organism of the soil, has got to be priority of that water. Because when it all began... And that stages that it went, the soil is what provides the atmosphere, a healthy soil, is Mm -hmm. what provides the atmosphere of what it requires to have a healthy species to live like humans and forests and more. Mm -hmm. It's vital. And uh, that's when I came in many long ago because I could see what it was causing that nobody was studying it. And that evaporation. And mm-hmm. so what you're doing now is now tell us the stages that you've learned, and I'm sure every day with technology will never learn enough, but what are you able to accomplish? And name, because we go out to the rest of the world, mm-hmm. tell us some of the cities that, you're, that are affected by uh, what you're doing. We know that Disneyland is there. <laughs> That's and right. We'll, we'll recognize that. But tell us some of the cities that are part of your water plan. Absolutely. Of course, city of Anaheim, which is where Disneyland is, uh, the cities of Newport Beach, Huntington Beach, Garden Grove, city of Orange, 
uh, Santa Ana, city of Fullerton, uh, Los Alamitos, Stanton, uh, Irvine. Uh, those are the. We actually have 19 retail water agencies that overlie the groundwater basin, and that we provide the water to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all of these. Can you manage the orchestra you're managing here of all of that? And globally, uh, the world to hear that, uh, what you're doing here. Now, mm-hmm. what is the change? Let, let's teach the world on this. Mm-hmm. What does this mean that you're, you're got this? Tell us the cycle here. Uh, in all the areas you just mentioned that a lot of people around the world are familiar with those cities uh, and Disneyland. Mm-hmm. What is the management? Uh, so he- here comes the rain, and the rain comes down. So from there on, on the, you've got the aquifers below that are got the water below. Right. How are you? What, what is the cycle? Well, the, the cycle or the sources of supply, as you say, to the groundwater basin is, is rainfall. Uh, and that rainfall, when it falls throughout the county, it falls uh, on different open areas, grassy areas, and it's naturally absorbed into the ground, or it percolates. That's another terminology we use for the water moving from the surface uh, underground in, into the aquifers. Uh, so we have that rainfall. Uh, we're also able to store some of the water, uh, the stormwater, behind a dam that's actually operated by the Army Corps of Engineers. But they hold water for us so that we can then slowly release it down uh, the Santa Ana River. And uh, when it uh, comes into the northeast part of the county, we have re- what are called recharge basins. And in that area of the county, the sands and the gravels come up to the surface of the ground. So if you were to dig a hole uh, and put water in that hole, it would naturally percolate right away. So we have these recharge basins, and uh, we let the storm flow flow down the Santa Ana River, and then we divert it into these recharge basins where it soaks into the ground. Uh, The other interesting thing about the Santa Ana River is most rivers in Southern California are dry. Uh, the Santa Ana always has water in it because all of the cities upstream in the upper watershed, uh, the cities of Riverside, San Bernardino, Ontario, all of their wastewater is discharged into the Santa Ana River. So it, their, their wastewater goes into the Santa Ana River, it flows downstream into Orange County. We capture it and put it into our groundwater basin to become a source of supply uh, for the basin. And then, of course, we have our recycled water plant. And I didn't mention our recycled water plant, the groundwater replenishment, actually produces 100 million gallons of water per day. Uh, and that's enough water for about 850,000 people. So that water is being put into the basin also. So we have these different multiple sources of water uh, that actually go into the groundwater basin and resupply it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say uh, that uh, the, the water that's coming from the tributaries above, when you say mm-hmm. above, does that mean from the San Francisco area? Does that mean nor- from your northern California? No, I'm sorry. What, what that is, I was talking about the Santa Ana watershed. Okay. So the Santa Ana watershed, Orange County is in the lower part of the watershed, and okay. then the other cities are in what's considered the upper part of the watershed. Okay. Uh, so okay. Those, those cities, Riverside, San Bernardino, those are all... Uh, cities up in Riverside and San Bernardino County, about 50 miles from from Orange County. And all of those cities 
discharge their, their wastewater into the Santa Ana River, and then it flows about 20 to 30 miles down into Orange County, and then we capture it and recharge it in our groundwater basin. So then up in that area, do you have a lot of really good aquifers? Well, they have aquifers up in up in the upper watershed, but uh, uh, they have been unable to uh, divert their wastewater flows. They're they're starting to do that. We're actually seeing declining flows in the Santa Ana River, uh, but there still is flow down into Orange County from the Santa Ana River from these mostly uh, wastewater dischargers in the upper Santa Ana watershed. Okay, we have to take. We only take one break, Mike during the whole show, and we'll be right back. So don't you go anywhere because I've got some really good questions now. Okay. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. It's, uh, globally, it's the only supplementation for the eyes with a tissue culture grade of water to supplement the surface of your eye that is 99% water. And like I said earlier, we're very excited that they're going to be, uh, it's going to be in um, China, in the next few weeks, and being able to be, uh, applica- the application will be of a benefit to those of you listening in China. We're looking forward to that. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a mist. And we'll be right back with Mike Marcus. And we're learning about water today like we've never learned before, about what the technology of recycling and what, how important it is to this planet that we're living on. Listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Mike, uh, we were talking about wastewater, watershed, aquifers, and tributaries, and so on. Many times people would, they would not understand. When you said wastewater, hmm. what is wastewater to an engineer? Wastewater to an engineer is uh, basically water that comes out of the household. Uh, In other words, in our houses, uh, all of our water from our showers, our sinks, our toilets, uh, our dishwashers, our washing machines all go into the sewer. 
and the sewer then leads to a wastewater treatment plant. And all of that water is then treated to varying levels. Uh, in the case of the Orange County Sanitation District, our neighbor, uh, they go through a two-step pr- uh, process before they're able to safely discharge it to the ocean. Uh, but instead of discharging it to the ocean, we take it after they've treated it, and then we run it through an advanced treatment process to turn that water into distilled water. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how long did it take you to decide how to do all that? Well, Am I we putting said, you on the spot? <laughs> sure. No, no, not at all. As I said, we, we had the advantage of... Uh, uh, of utilizing the uh, reverse osmosis technology since the late 70s. So we had a pretty good hold on that, although the, me- the membranes changed, obviously. With, right. with time came improvements in, technology, in membrane technology. Uh, mm-hmm. But it took us about two years of putting together the various processes, uh, testing them on the sanitation district uh, uh, wastewater to make sure that they did what they said they were supposed to do. Uh, and uh, and so we proved that technology. We then run a, ran a demonstration facility for about a two-year period, and then we went into the full-scale application after that. Mm-hmm. So in, in all this territory, how many miles does it take in uh, the territory where you're doing this recycling uh, of this technology? Uh, I think the year it's about 640 Square miles. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure on that. I mean, it's a large That's geographic right. it area. It is a lot. I know. I just was supports. kind of getting a picture for our listeners out of the country too. Right. Um, and this would be the future. Have you been contacted to go on contract to help other countries learn how to do this, Mike? What we have done, Sharon, is we've opened our arms to anyone and everyone uh, that wants uh, any of the data that we've generated. Uh, we, we have mm-hmm. been operating the facility uh, since mm-hmm. January 2008. Uh, so we've been operating the facility for mm-hmm. uh, a little over nine years successfully, never had any problems. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, mm-hmm. we've had uh, many people, uh, water agencies in California, uh, throughout the United States, and in fact around the world, come visit mm-hmm. us to, uh, so that we can share the technology and share our experience uh, with them. And we're, we're more than happy to do that. Uh, as a matter of fact, just as a little plug, our website, uh, www.o ocwd.com uh, has all of the has a special page for the groundwater replenishment system that has a lot of excellent information on it mm-hmm. uh, if anyone is interested mm-hmm. now your intellectual property values would be so so uh, valuable you've got to have a setup to where people can come and hire your um, technology to have a IP value to your county because this is, I had, I was, I misunderstood not, not too long ago, but I, I didn't know why, but I, because Singapore got so much publicity uh-huh. on what they were doing that I thought that Singapore taught you uh, there in Orange County, California. I think uh, it sounds like you were the IP technology for Singapore. Well, the individual technologies are owned by the companies that create uh, the equipment. Uh, 
mm-hmm. in other words, the microfiltration uh, is currently owned by a company called Evoqua. Uh, mm-hmm. And prior to that, it was Siemens, and prior to that, it was U.S. Filter. So mm-hmm. we originally dealt with U.S. Filter, and we just more or less, we were the ones that had the idea of combining the different technologies Mike, your IP was teaching them. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, we, we certainly proved that by putting these technologies together, we can successfully treat wastewater to distilled water. Right. Uh, and so it's really the, the individual equipment manufacturers that, uh, that have the intellectual process, <laughs> property on those processes. We, we, just, we just put them together and showed that it could work. Now, I had on here, uh, Mike, uh, Andrew Sherman, the, uh, the, who wrote the book, uh, Harvesting Intellectual Property, because I was taught by a graduate of Wharton how to build my company when I started it way back in time. Uh-huh. And uh, when, I, when I listened to Andrew about intellectual property, I think your water co- uh, system, everybody should be thinking about their own intellectual property and values for their own futures of economy and for yourself. Because you're learning, Mike, with your background, you personally and your team, your team's background, right. are extraordinarily doing something for a potential IP value to revenue for all of you to have a comeback there uh, to your own economy. Because I will share something, Mike. Uh, as I've studied... And you heard me say, I study evaporation of water mm-hmm. and the atmosphere of water. But I also study the water of the, of the planet's surface, the aquifers, and the, and the influence of this with the universal movement of our planet. And that evaporation is vital to everything, mm-hmm. number one. But I found that soil is so vital because it's the soil that the atmosphere is attracted to. So when we live with the soil of the planet, with the atmosphere and this evaporation, the soil of the planet can help absorb that. Sand doesn't. Uh, The aquifers below, of course, are having a struggle. And uh, then you've got what's happening in the ocean. The ocean is coming up higher and we want, right. we want the soil to be here longer. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. But I was going to ask you now also, and I'm sure people have thought about it as they listen, the, the recycling of, of water, of, of, of the ocean, and, and desalination. Mm-hmm. What is your thinking about that? Because I didn't hear you talk about doing that. You're not doing any of that there? Well, um <clears throat> Just recently, I guess it was a little over a year ago, down in uh, Oceanside, uh, I'm sorry, not Oceanside, Carlsbad, California, uh, which is about 60 miles south of us. It's in northern San Diego County. Uh, The San Diego Water Authority uh, started purchasing water from a seawater desalination facility that was built there, a 50 million gallon per day. Uh, seawater desalination facilities. So that really has been the first large-scale seawater desalination plant really in the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 
That is something I, I think, Sharon, we, we, we talk about uh, here in Southern California having a uh, certain water portfolio, and, and we need to have diversified supplies because water is so precious. And we've always said that seawater desalination will have to be part of that portfolio in the future. Right now, uh, recycling water takes about, recycling wastewater takes about uh, one-third of the energy that it takes to desalinate seawater. So what we need to do is we need to recycle as much of the wastewater that we right. can. And, and currently uh, in, in California, we're discharging 1.3 billion gallons of wastewater into the Pacific Ocean every day. So there's still work to be done on the recycled water side. However, I do believe that seawater desalination at some point in the future will be part of our water portfolio. I want you to think about that, though, Mike. Um, we have been studying something that we need to study the technology of your background and what you started here with your team so far back to think about utilizing what the earth is offering to you from the atmosphere, soil, not sand, soil, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those aquifers below, and the human life that adds to it because of the evaporation and the, and the connection like, like an electric rod because the body is like a battery. Mm -hmm. I'm not convinced that desalination is not going to change the temperature of the ocean. Mm. I could, you know, and, and they've been studying that, as you know. And you know in Saudi Arabia, now you can tell the audience better than I because of your background, Saudi Arabia has been doing, utilizing desalination for how long now? Oh, they've probably been using it for at least 30 years. Yeah. 30 to 40 and years. They're wishing for something else. And you know why? The money. Yeah. Would you explain that to the audience, why it's costing so much money? Well, the main cost uh, for particularly reverse osmosis, and that's the primary technology, technology that's utilized for seawater desalination, uh, is the cost of energy. It takes a lot higher pressure to force the water through the membranes, and the seawater has a lot more salt, obviously, in it, uh, or TDS, total dissolved solids, than wastewater. So it takes a lot of energy to force that, uh, those water molecules through the, through the RO membrane. Uh, and that's primarily what, uh, what the increase in cost is. Now, the, and, and in, the, uh, in the 60s and 70s, what they used is, is called distillation, uh, seawater distillation, uh, which was more or less boiling the water and boiling the salts out. That's been recently replaced by uh, reverse osmosis, but the energy component is the most costly uh, feature of either of those technologies. And the reason you see it in, uh, in the Arab states is because they have plenty of, uh, uh, plenty of energy. So they're, they're able to uh, desalinate seawater, and that's the only water source really available to them. And they're, they're complaining right now at the extent, as you know. Mm -hmm. Very Absolutely. expensive. It is. And, and, it'll keep, and it probably didn't start out thinking that way because sand is a microorganism of eventually will there be any Middle East left because of the, they, they didn't mm -hmm. think about the water. 
Mm-hmm. And exactly. uh, I have to tell you, I had on my show somebody from National Geographic, Mike, and he said he went to, an embarrassed, I forget which country, and he was in this country out in the desert, and they were digging it through oil, and they were going to get some pictures of the oil exploration, and here came all, Mike, all this gusher of water, and everybody uh, was yelling, and oh, so excited, and he said, I thought you were after oil, and they said, oh my gosh, it's a deep aquifer. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike, you with your background as an engineer, I, you know, I'm not an engineer. Can you imagine if they decided to go study all over the Middle East, they could find a lot of aquifers. I would be shocked because the earth began with filling aquifers before it came to the surface. That's true. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. Mike, I'm not very smart. I just use common sense. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the problem. I think the smartest people don't have common sense. (laughs) Well, I know what it is, Mike. They want to, they they don't want to, well, they took a long time, Mike, to listen to me. (laughs) 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 Because I'm I'm typically this person that will never use the vocabulary they usually use. Years ago, I used to say in health education, with people, I said, please, to the team, I said, don't use the words the medical team doctors are using. Don't try to use the descriptions of common sense so everybody yep. will understand what you're talking about. And that is sad, but that's, we don't have to impress anybody. Water no. is the most important. In fact, you mentioned something precious. It's by on. It's the most vital organ mm-hmm. source of all life on the planet. Absolutely. Without that infrastructure being priority number one, number one, mm-hmm. the, eventually the, the, the individuals that don't think that way are going to be uh, gone, and the uh, individuals who think about the priority of water number one, they're going to be there, maybe for eternity when everybody else is diminished. But I, my, I, I'm going to tell you one that it's affected. Um, you may not know this, but <clears throat> when I study the evaporation of water in the air and the body water's evaporation, the word evaporation, mm-hmm. is what's happening here, is the health issues of the human life is just showing you what is happening to the water problems of the planet. Because you see all those diseases out of control, Mike. There's over 10,000, only 500 um, medications. And you've heard people take a medication that didn't agree with them, and they died. Yep. There's 250,000 people a year dying because of the medication because they don't understand what Mm -hmm. I do to evaporate them. But you can imagine, Mike, what's going on on the planet Earth's life, the organism of the planet itself. It's going through the same identical recycle, that evaporation. So Mm -hmm. what... I'm saying today is what you're doing is vital and I would not be I would not be doing it without no charge with your team. I would look at the IP values and look at something. No, I'm serious. At the revenue because the rest of the world will come. They'll come because you've been studying and your right. team can offer uh, something that uh, people are out there in the world are going to hear more about. Because when we dive into more, like going into China, Mike, they sell one billion face masks a year to mm-hmm. protect them from the problems of the air. 
the right. problem of the air, the base mask goes between $3.50 and like 51 depending upon uh, the mesh of the filtering that the individual needs per, per person. Why are they doing that, Mike? The water vapor, the atmosphere is having a problem for them. That's mm. going on in different degrees, though, around the world. Mm-hmm. Everybody is affected by with their health. That's why they have a disease. And you can look out your door and think about how can you, with your technology and your team, teach others that the priority is water. It's number one. There's nothing below it. So when you go in and work with the children, the children have to think they're a walking sponge living Mm -hmm. with the water vapor of the air, and the whole planet is affecting that water vapor of the air. Right. All over. All Mm -hmm. over. I used to listen to this uh, song, you remember when, the Pocahontas song. Uh, and, and, uh, I mean, it wasn't Pocahontas. It was uh, in this movie. And, oh, gosh, how could I forget it? But anyway, we're talking about just trees. Don't cut them down because of, uh, you don't know how tall they could be. All I could think about, Mike, mm-hmm. is if you cut them down, all of the trees, you wouldn't have the moisture of the air from the roots from the soil. Because there would mm. be no tree if there wasn't good soil. That's right. It's a healthy soil. Then you've got that tree with moisture coming from the aquifers, filtering into the air we're breathing, the air that puts more moisture back in for all mm. life on Earth to live, to survive. Makes sense. Thank you. <laughs> you, you common don't sense. That makes common sense. <laughs> Right. But we only have a couple of minutes left. What would you like to say to your audience? Well, I would like to say that uh, we need to learn more uh, about where our water comes from. And, and I think certainly your show, Sharon, helps, helps in that respect. But we have to have also an appreciation for what it takes to bring that water to our, to our households. Uh, and, and we need to continue to invest in our water infrastructure because water is life. Uh, and, and people uh, have a right, I think, to, uh, uh, to clean, healthy water. And uh, uh, we have the technology. We have the experience. Uh, we just need the, uh, the commitment, I think, from elected officials to understand that there is a need to invest in water, and it is tremendously important. You just, na- you just nailed it. Worldwide, those elected leaders. Mm-hmm. to put their priority of life-saving of the planet as the water first, always. Well, Mike, thank you so much for all you're doing and uh, your team down there, and I wish you well. And I know you're going to get better and better at this and, and technology, and the world will come to you. I know it. And I hope well, that I appreciate we can have you, you on allowing, again someday. I, I appreciate you allowing me to share our story, Sharon. Thank you so much, and you have a nice day. You too. And you be well, too, Mike. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope you learned a lot today. Here in the United States, Southern California, where Disneyland is at, and many of those cities you were telling me about, are uh, very economically doing very well, but they have a water problem. And you can have all the money in the world if you don't think about the technology of what Mike Marcus and his team there in Orange County, California, were thinking about years ago. 
And they had a governor, Brown, before Jer- Jerry Brown today, the new governor, who's his father. His team in the 60s said, elected officials said, we've got to protect California, make sure they have water. And they built these concrete canals that caused quite a bit of the future of water to flow through California. And I've been saying for years, <clears throat> I think they left their, their, what they were planning long ago behind. Mike Marcus and his team at Orange County Water District picked that ball up and started thinking, we better do something not too many years ago. Now they have one of the one, only one of its kind in the world to learn how to recycle water for what's best for their population and think about what's best for the health of their people. I want to thank you for listening. I want you to embrace your life and that power of water that's your life and somebody else's. The earth whispers, don't take all that water with you. Leave something for everybody behind for eternity. Thank you for listening, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinerHour.com. 